From the pandemic to climatic issues, travelling the world has become a lot harder, ethically challenging, more expensive and considerably riskier, as we've discovered this week. In 1971, Te Whanganui Ataro Wellington photographer Grant Sheehan sold his treasured motorbike to buy a return ticket to Amsterdam, and he's travelled and photographed extensively ever since. During the lockdowns, he had the chance to sort through his decades' worth of photographs and think about his experiences, which he's sharing in his book called In Memory of Travel. We have a gallery of his photographs on our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash only. But it's not all looking back. In the final chapter, he considers the future of travel from space tourism to digital tourism and virtual reality. Grant, in the studio with me. Kia ora, lovely to meet you. Oh, thank you for inviting me in. I'm almost too scared to ask how many photographs you had to sort through when you were working on the book. Uh, it was somewhat horrendous, really, because um, going back so far, most of what is in the book was shot on film. And although I sort of kept my transparencies and filing cabinets and so forth, all the offcuts, the ones that I didn't rate at the time, I put into envelopes and put in cardboard boxes. So basically I had to go through thousands of images <laughs> to... And I kept finding images that were better than the ones I back then had had selected. Um, And the other thing I had to do is I bought a scanning device so I could scan them myself and and actually scan them as raw files and then control the quality of them. Um, So it made for a lot of work, actually. Um, But... um, Worthwhile, right? Absolutely worthwhile. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that I really enjoyed about In Memory of Travel is the fact that, I mean, you could have done a, a coffee table book really with just the images, but there are stories that go with them. I think particularly your time in Antarctica, you write, was incredibly important to you. Yes. The, initially, I was going to do a, a book of text and not have photographs, and I talked to people about this, and, and they sort of beat me over the head saying, for God's sake, you're a photographer. <laughs> have some photographs in it. <laughs> Well, probably no one will bother reading it. Um, so, um, and they were right. In the end, I decided I would. But I wanted to um, to uh, do the book in such a way that the, the story would be um, um, uh, a piece of text um, and it would be sort of un, undisturbed by photographs because there's this whole thing about reading, how we use this, a large portion of our brain when we're reading. Um, amazing, really, when you think about it, like decoding the, the various symbols, comprehending the scenarios, and, and of course, uh, imagining and generating in your brain images to go with it. All of that is happening. And if the photographs are scattered throughout, they take a lot of that away, I feel. So basically, I've got an opening photograph to set the scene, and then I let the text run, and the photographs are right at the end, so they can sort of live separately. Um, within the confines of each story. What's been your approach to travel photography? Just before we turn the microphones on, we were talking about the Instagram generation, which is, you know, all about the people and really less about mm. where they've been. And you're the opposite of that. Your camera looks outward. Well, I, th- I mean, um, it's it's completely transformed photography, uh, mainly the smartphone camera, which is now so effective and you can you can do so much. Um, and you can get amazing things that you really couldn't get or you couldn't get with a lot of effort with an old, an old camera system. But the, and there's a, there's a, that's the upside. But the downside is that you don't have to do any work. Um, the, the modern cameras have um, artificial intelligence doing a lot of the, the, even the editing for you, but getting your colours right and getting your focus right, everything's done. You, you just press the button and a perfect photo pops up on your screen. Um, and as a result, it's easy to be a bit blasé about 
what you're photographing, and you don't put the work or the or the effort into it. In, in the days of analogue, where you set up a tripod and wait for the light and everything, you actually, when the photograph comes along, there's a great sense of achievement when you actually capture it, and that disappears with with, with modern technology, even to some degree modern digital cameras, because they, they're getting so clever now as well. Um, so I think. Um, for me, I'm, I, I, I use it. I use my. I have a high-tech smartphone, um, and I do use it from time to time. But most of the time, I like to actually take the time, and because I enjoy the process as much as, as taking the photograph, and um, and so to me, that, that's that's an important aspect. So there's this sort of you, you win and you lose with smartphone photography, but um, but it's the way everything is going, and. Um, well, you're certainly telling a story. I mean, you're a storyteller. You're a photographer, storyteller, and, and I get a sense of the documentary work. I mean, we have um, images of people, and then we'll have images of buildings. So you've done the whole thing. But I was written, uh, interested in something, Grant, that you wrote, saying that there are questions sometimes about the validity of narrative in some travel photography, these kind of frozen, frozen moments. Can I explore that a little bit with you? Um, well, I think photography has always... Um, photography and, I call it, analogue reality... They've always had a disconnect um, because you're freezing a moment which doesn't happen in, in the, the reality that we all exist in. Um, and it, not only um, is, is that happening, but the subject, whatever you're, you're photographing, is also distorted. If someone's walking or running and you, you freeze them in that moment, um, that in a way that it, it happened but it never happened, if you know what I mean. Um, so it's, it's a distortion of that, and um, and 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 you can uh, extend that right out into a whole into a whole raft of sort of situations that, um, that where, where the, the still photograph will actually um, give quite a distorted view of what happened. It doesn't show what happened a minute later. It doesn't show what happened a minute before. Context, right? And yes, and. Um, and but there again, the, the 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 one good thing about a still photo, I think, um, over a, a lot of um, people now just shoot video all the time on their on their on their uh, smartphones, is that it's easy to generate quite a bit more power. I think with a still photo, because it actually not only have you frozen it, it's a frozen thing for people to look at. So when someone looks at a still, if it's got some really strong elements or some incredible narrative or message or aspect to it, then that can sort of resonate in your brain, even sort of burn a wee um, tattoo on your brain, and you can encode that image. Um, and that's something that doesn't happen anywhere near to the same degree, I think, with moving images. It's a very thoughtful book, and in the last chapter I alluded to in the introduction, you're looking at the future of travel, because this is in memory of travel. You know, it feels like a love song to it. I know so many people who couldn't wait to get on a plane out of the country when they could. Uh, but you're you're looking at things like um, virtual reality. I mean, how could that work for you as a travel photographer? What are you feeling about the future? Well, I think, to be really honest, I, th- I think I think the, the future looks bleak. Um, and it 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 may not be, but um, there's um, just in, staying in the context of travel because it's such a big subject. Um, I think travel is going to be affected more and more by um, what's happening with climate crisis, and and more quickly than we think. I mean, we're already seeing um, not areas we can't go to around us, but um, but. Uh, seasons when, when we you don't really want to go to Sydney, Australia in the fire season now, and that fire season is expanding out. 
Um, Monsoons are getting more and, destructive. Well, yeah. and, and even here in New Zealand, we've had um, incredible flooding in areas that aren't normally flooded. Um, and all of this is just a precursor, I think. Um, and, and I think globally, um, we're going to see um, a lot of places that already have um, climatic problems. Uh, they're going to worsen pretty quickly. So they'll be very um, um, under stress. That's and sad for you as somebody who's visited a lot of these oh, it's, places, it's these fragile places, yes. right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think... Um, There'll be in, in the future. There'll be massive migrations on a scale we've never seen before. As as whole populations move, um, not necessarily out of their country, but move around within their country to areas that are more hospitable. And this will really upset the the, the ability for travellers to move in these countries and go to those places. Plus, I think there'll be quite heavy sort of economic repercussions as well. So people will get more desperate for money and food and it will become more hazardous for people to drop in and out of places. Um, so I think, but I mean, that's it's all sounding a bit negative. So, um, I mean, will you, will you continue to travel and take photographs? Um, I think so. I would like to. But I think I'd be very mindful about where I went and 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 and, and how and um, I think I mean as far as um, um, virtual reality goes, one of the aspects there, and I'm not saying virtual reality can replace what we have, but um, the sophistication of of the the new wave of virtual reality and augmented reality and other types of um, virtual reality uh, are, are so um, um, immersive now that it, it's, it's getting pretty close to the experience of actually going somewhere. I've had this argument with people. They said, oh, it's nothing, nothing can compare with being there. And they're right. But if you can't be there, you can actually be somewhere that can show you um, pretty much everything you would have seen if you were there. And you can even have with... Um, Haptic suits and things you can have touch and you can have you can feel the wind and and or you can buy an apparatus if you want to ski down a, a slope where you're actually standing there with a pair of skis with your virtual with your headset on and you're actually doing the movement you're using your body and you're actually exercising your body so and and this is just now all of this is going to get more and more immersive um, and it's something that pretty much everyone that can afford a computer and a headset can have so we'll have this all these options. Um, which will be some compensation for perhaps for the, the areas that we can't access. Um. So interesting, Grant. Thank you very much. Namihi Nui, In Memory of Travel is the title of Grant Sheehan's book and it's published by Phantom House Press. As I say, we have a gallery of his images on our webpage.